Thank you. Once again, my name is Joe Crummy, one of the elders here of Christ Central. I'm going to be speaking this morning. And as we begin, can I just uh, give you another invitation for our church weekend? Maybe some of you haven't been there before. And we do this once a year, and we actually go from a Friday evening right to a Sunday afternoon. And it's an opportunity, so we don't have our morning service here that morning. But we actually meet together for the weekend. And uh, usually we've been able, uh, by God's grace, each year to get almost uh, the majority of everyone able to go, or at least for some part of the weekend. And it's an important time for us to be together. It's a great time to build friendships and to get to know people in a whole different setting. And we have Mark Rushworth, uh, one of our friends from England, who leads a church in England. He's going to be coming and speaking. He's going to be speaking some on the life of Abraham and uh, just a lot of things we can learn from that. So we're really excited to have Mark and his family uh, with us at that time. And also, it's an important weekend as we share more about what's going on in Atlantic Canada as we pray for some of our crew that's going to Prince Edward Island. And so, just invite you to please make that a priority. And uh, as Leah uh, mentioned, if you need some help financially with that, then you need to let us know, okay? We can't read your mind, so we want you there. So you need to, um, there's no shame in that. You just need to let us know so that we can make the proper arrangements. But we need to know ahead of time, okay? We need to have numbers before that actual weekend gets there, and so... Uh, this week is an opportunity for you to put your, uh, the pen and paper together and fill out that registration and help us out in that way. Okay, this morning we're going to be talking about giving and uh, I'm going to explain a bit more about that and about our gift days. But can I just say this as far as uh, just to, again, reiterate some of the things that have just been happening in worship. And last week, if you were here, we spoke from the end of Matthew about Jesus and his great commission to go and how he gathered his followers and before Jesus returned to earth after the resurrection and taking a look at the proof of that resurrection and how that really is the question, whether or not Jesus is alive today, uh, affects every part of our lives. And if he is alive today, then we need to listen to what he has to say to us. And he said to his followers to go into all the nations and to make disciples, to make followers of Jesus, to teach them, to baptize them. Okay, so that we, they would follow everything Jesus taught. And we are still doing that today. 2,000 years later, we're here because faithful followers of Jesus have done that in going to the nations and teaching about Jesus and this great news of his salvation and life in Christ. And God wants us to continue that today here in Fredericton, in our backyards, in our neighborhoods, and also to go to the nations. Okay? Well, let me just say this. And what God was saying to us this morning, okay, in order to do that, as we're going to see in a minute, it's going to take, okay, effort and energy and time, and it's going to take money, but it's going to take our lives, okay? So there's a seriousness, there's a great joy and expectation and faith, but there's a weightiness to this as well, as this morning, and I believe that's what God is speaking to us this morning as he pours out his love and he changes our broken lives and he makes things new, okay? Can I just say this? Dear church, okay? God knows us. It's his church, okay? So this is Jesus' church, and myself and others have been entrusted, okay, that we're going to give an account on how we led his church. Woo, just let that sink <laughs> for a minute. Okay? And this is his church, and we represent Jesus, okay? And we're not perfect, but can I just say this? Okay. God's cleaning up his church. Okay. So part of this morning 
is there's a weightiness to it, is that God knows our hearts, and just as Barb sang that song, okay, God wants to get sin out of our lives, okay, and a lot of it, times it's hidden and things people don't even know, but God knows, because he knows his church, okay, and he loves us so much, he's not going to let sin ruin our lives and other people's lives, okay, and so I just want to pinpoint this morning, that's part of what God's doing, okay, and there's there's a weight to that, so I don't want to scare you, but in a way, I want to scare you, <laughs> okay, because this is Jesus' church. We represent Jesus, and he loves his church so much that, hey, we might not see things, but Jesus sees everything, okay? and he's cleaning up his church because he wants his church to be a healthy body so that as we go to the nations, we don't carry disease, but we carry health as we go. We carry life. We carry the gospel of grace. Okay, we carry a transforming gospel of Jesus Christ being alive in his church as his hands and his feet. And one of those things that we're going to speak into today is about money. And if there's anything that sometimes comes against money, or as Jesus is Lord, it's this, it's money. And when I see money, I mean possessions and materialism and everything else that goes with it. I mean stress and anxiety and worry. I from pride to having so much money to being so bound up because you're in poverty, okay, it can rule our lives, whether we have a lot, a little, or just not quite enough. And so one of the things of God cleaning up his church is he hits this whole thing of money. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning in giving. And it has to do with our gift days and everything, but we want to start with this, is that in order for us to accomplish everything that we talked about last week, so I encourage you, if you weren't here last week, you need to hear last week's message about the great commission that Jesus has given to us, and we need resources to be able to do that unashamedly. And the scripture we're going to use today is from 2 Corinthians, and here the context is Paul, who helped form this church in Corinth, is writing, and Paul has a kind of a rocky relationship with this church, and you would think, of all times, Paul, you've been through a lot, and they don't really like you, that's that's basically... It, and they say this about Paul. Say, Paul, you write all these tough letters, but when you show up, you're weak and you're unimpressive and you know, you're nobody compared to these other people. And you would think, of all times, Paul, whatever you do, okay, try to get back in their good graces. Don't mention money, okay? Because that's, and yet Paul, right in the heart of everything, speaks about money and giving. Because one of the gods in Corinth was money. And so Paul goes right for it. And this is where we pick up the scripture from today, from 2 Corinthians, and Paul in the context is saying to the church there, hey, you by faith, okay, you came up with this idea of giving money, of giving a gift to the people in Jerusalem who were going through a famine and all that, and he's encouraging them saying, hey, you started this, now I want you to finish it, and that's the context for his teaching on giving. So let's read this together. Paul says, we want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. So he starts to talk about another church and how they're an example of giving. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And this... Not as we expect it, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. So he uses them as an example. Accordingly, we urge Titus that as he had started, so he should complete among you this act of grace. 
But as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness, and in our love for you, see that you excel in this act of grace also. I say this not as a command, but to prove by the earnestness of others that your love also is genuine. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. And in this matter, I give my judgment. This benefits you, who a year ago started not only to do this work, but also to desire to do it. So now finish doing it as well, so that your readiness in desiring it may be matched by your completing it out of what you have. For if the readiness is there, it is acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. So again, he's saying, you started to give a gift a year ago, now finish it. It's not out of command. You want it to do it out of love. And he's saying, don't worry about what you don't have. Give from what you do have. And then we're going to pick it up in chapter 9. He continues on. He says, after explaining some more practical details, he says this, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work as it is written. He has distributed freely, for he has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He who supplied seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness." You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others, while they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Okay, so when we talk about giving, okay, here's the thing. The provision for giving starts with God. He is the one who gives us anything to begin with in order to give. And so we can just look at this. As you read the Bible and as you go right from the first page, okay, about learning about God creating heavens and the earth and filling it to the last page, you pick up this whole theme that God's nature, God is a giving God. Hallelujah. Okay, so I don't know what you might have grown up with or what your view is of God or even if you think of God, but sometimes we can think of God as a stingy God and a God who doesn't want us to have any pleasure or a God who's, you know, all those things. We can think of it, God, a bit like Scrooge, okay, who just wants to keep everything close to himself and wants us to live a miserable life. And we see through God's word, it's actually the opposite of that. You just look at creation. God created the heavens. He gave everything. He gave the planet. He gave the sun. He gave the moon, oxygen, trees, water, animals, plants. It all works together. And if you take anything in biology and science and physics and all that, you understand how great and marvelous this God is, that we do have okay, a great creator. And not only does he create, he sustains all things. And the theologians use this term common grace. That this applies for everybody, whether they believe in God, whether they follow God, whether they hate God, whether they ignore God. The Bible says the rain falls on the righteous and the unrighteous. There's this common grace that God gives gifts and talents and abilities to everyone because we're all made in his image. 
That's God providing and giving. So he gives us a mind and an intellect and a will and emotions because we're made in his image. We're made for relationship. He gives us marriage and family, all these incredible things. He gives us work to do. That all comes from God. He's a giving God. And he gives and he gives and he gives even to those who don't deserve it. And we see it's not just even common grace. We see this throughout his word. Actually, God's heart is to bless And so if you look all the way through, okay, we don't have time this morning, but you look all the way through God and with Adam and Eve in paradise, he wanted to bless them, okay? When Abraham, he said, I'm going to make you a blessing to all nations, okay? And all the way through, you can see with God's people, okay, he's like, hey, I want to bless you. That's the heart of God. That's the heart of God. Now, sin messes all that up, okay? All right? And so the world today and all the way through history as sin as people disobey God and ignore God and choose to live for themselves and not for God. Sin messes that up. And we have injustice and we have okay, inequality, all those things because of not following God. But we've got to start with God. God's heart is to bless. And we see that even more in this, that God gave his best. God gave his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to come to planet Earth. He was sent to Earth to be our Savior. He came to be the remedy and the cure for that sin issue that separated us from God, that brought evil into the world, that brought all the injustice and hurt and pain and all those things that we read about, Jesus is the answer to those things. And God sent Jesus. He provided his own son. And Jesus came and he obeyed his father. Okay, and we see this. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. That's the gospel. That's the good news. That we who couldn't afford to pay for our own salvation, nothing we could do, God made a way in Jesus by sending Jesus. And we get to say, Jesus, I'm with you. I trust you. And Jesus left the riches of heaven and fellowship, the Father, Holy Spirit, angels, elders, living creatures, worshiping him, glory, holiness, power, perfect love, unity, and he came to sick planet earth okay and that's our example so when we talk about giving we're going to get to some of the practical things of money and all that we got to understand we don't start with money that isn't the starting point we start with god and we need to meditate and be able to understand the heart of god the nature and the character of god and the example of god and when jesus came jesus not only was the one sent okay as our savior jesus is our example and part of being a disciple is we follow the teacher and we follow his example and his teachings. And as we went through the book of Matthew, we've already done it in this last year, haven't we? Jesus taught a lot about money. Okay? And he taught about not worrying, but trusting in God. He talked about not letting your left hand know what your right hand's doing because you are free from that whole enslavement that you're able to give generously and that you're going to trust that God's going to provide. And we go through, and that's what Jesus did. Jesus is saying, as followers of him, this is the order. You receive from God in order for you to be able to give. And that happens not just, okay, this, these are principles that apply not just to finances, but in everything, our time, our energy, love, everything. And Jesus would say things like this to his disciples, okay? He'd say, freely you have received, now you can freely give. 
Folks, that is the order things go in. And that's why we start with God. You need to receive from God in order for you to be able to give. Okay, and Jeremy mentioned it and just heard Kelly's story um, a couple weeks ago again as she shared it and how God changed her life. Okay, she received from God. She received the love of God. She received power from God. She received gifts from God. And therefore, in turn, she was able to give. And she could say before, you know what? I didn't really like people. I'd rather be with animals. Okay, you think, Kelly, man, like you're the one. Yeah, but if you knew me before, okay, I didn't even really like people. Okay, I was just like more concerned about the animals. Okay, but God did something as she received. Then things changed. Now she's able to give. Okay, and we get to follow Jesus' example. Okay, and one of the most fundamental ways, and this is why we still include it on Sunday morning, and people ask all the time, why do you still take up an offering? Most churches don't do it. You can do all this automatic withdrawal. You can do everything. And one part of it is, it is worship to God. Okay? Giving is an act of worship. Phil Moore, I was reading one of different commentaries this week. He said this, and I laughed out loud because I thought, this is a great quote about worship. He says this, Paul asks for money because it is important to God. It is a concrete act of worship as any song we sing on Sundays because mammon, so that whole God of money, is not toppled by singing choruses but signing checks. I was like, that's really good. <laughs> he says this, we follow the Messiah, and he quotes this scripture. He says, therefore, we follow his example like the Jerusalem church did first in the book of Acts as a practical expression of what it means to be Jesus' other body. He says, Paul makes it clear that this is simply the natural outworking of our salvation. And Fillmore says this, no statement of faith reveals what we believe as clearly as our bank statements. Woo. I love that. We worship God and we sign the checks. Because folks, worship is this. We sign our checks and we give. We are fundamentally putting a stake in the ground to say, God comes before money. So giving is an act of worship. It shows really where our trust is. Okay, and we'll get to some of the practicalities of this. Okay, the other thing is we've got to realize we're stewards, okay? So I, ask, I get this question all the time. How much money should we give? And I always turn around and say, you've got to ask God, how much money does he want you to keep? Okay, because it's all God's anyways. So this whole thing, we become a follower of Jesus. It all comes from God. It all belongs to God. So we get our protective fences lowered pretty quick. And you say, it all belongs to God. So God, what do you want me to keep? How much do I, can I give away? That's the, actually the attitude, which is against everything in every North American system <laughs> here. All right? So we're, we're hitting some strongholds when we talk about these things. We want to be responsible okay, for God's provision. And this applies whether you get, whether you're on Social assistance, okay, or whether you're a millionaire, the same principles apply. So no one's excluded from this. Okay, if you're on s- social assistance, okay, God, that's God's provision for you for right now. Okay, and if you're talented and gifted and entrepreneurial and you've made millions, that's a gift from God as well. Okay, so everybody's included in this conversation. No one's excluded from it. We're a steward. We're 
okay, we've been entrusted and we have to be responsible with it. It changes our mindset. We've got to have an eternal perspective. All these, man, they're all messages. I could go an hour on each one of these, okay, but we're just hitting some top things. We've got to have an eternal perspective because if you think this is it on planet Earth, so you've got to use all your money right now for pleasure and all these things, okay, then you're fooled. And Jesus talked a lot about we've got to put our treasure in heaven, not here on earth. And so we want to sow into things that are, have eternal perspective. And we're sowing into the things that we're going to be talking about to have eternal perspective. Okay? And we're sowing into the riches of heaven. And folks, you're not going to see some of the return until heaven. Okay? You're going to put things in and you're going to sow things in that you're not going to see the fruit of them until heaven. And that takes faith to trust and believe in Jesus. Okay? The bottom line is this, what I'm trying to get to, is that when we talk about giving, it starts with God, because God is a giving God. And God gives to you in order for you to be able to give. That's where we start. And we have to get some of these things nailed down. That Jesus was sent, he's a gift, We follow Jesus' example, and that happens not just with money, as I said, in all kinds of different things, but at some point, it it affects and it involves money. Okay, let's keep going. Here's just some principles for giving, okay? And Paul says this, Each one of you must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound to you. So here's the thing. We are completely not under law, but under grace. So Old Testament, under law, it was commanded. You must give a tenth of everything you get, called the tithe, to God. The first fruits. It was there. It was commanded. And I would be tempted, because sometimes I am tempted, to be honest, in my flesh, okay? And I'm sure Paul must have been, that Paul was saying to this Corinthian church, how much easier, or would it be tempted to say this, I command you. I started you as a church. I brought the gospel to you. I command you to give money to this church. And he'd be justified in doing that. He actually says the opposite. He says, I don't command you anything. And he doesn't refer back to Old Testament law, but he refers to grace. Folks, we're not under law anymore. So you're not commanded in a sense. Okay, you're not conscripted in to say, you have to do this. It's a heart change. But God wants us under grace. And grace, okay, you might as well, you can, grace, Holy Spirit are so synonymous in the New Testament that God actually empowers and God actually enables you to be able to give. It's a heart change. So if you're struggling with giving, I'd encourage this. God, you've got to give me grace. I've got to somehow tap into the empowerment that, God, you help enable to change my heart, to change my attitude, to change my priorities, to break this stronghold of maybe money ruling or lack of money ruling so I can give generously. That's what Paul goes to. And Paul stirs faith. So he uses, here's an example of another church. They were really poor. They were going through affliction. And they begged us to be able to give money to help out in this situation. Does not change everything. And he says even to them, hey, you had a great idea a year ago. You're the ones who voluntarily said, hey, we want to give an offering. Now complete it. It started with you. Now just finish it. And Paul appeals to 
faith. He appeals to okay, this whole new relationship we have with Jesus that isn't under law. It's under the grace of God that freely you have received. You didn't buy salvation. You didn't buy Jesus freely, a gift from God. You didn't buy the Holy Spirit. That was a free gift from God. And as you've received, now you can freely give. And it's voluntary. Each one must decide okay, in his own heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Okay? There's no guilt trip here this morning. And we're not going to flog you into guilt to say, and I've said here plainly before, okay, Paul didn't try to manipulate. He didn't try to use money as any sort of deceptive thing. Okay, he just brought it honestly before God and said, in light of what God's doing and everything comes from God, okay, this is an important part that goes along with it. We quote it all the time, but God loves a cheerful giver. So God loves you unconditionally, but there's sometimes conditions that he loves you in a sense as well. So if you want to be loved by God, give cheerfully. It, it goes hand. God loves a cheerful giver. Okay? And yes, there's a sacrifice to it. Does it require planning? Yes, it does. Does it require a budget? A lot of the times it does. Does it require being consistent? Yes, it does. Does it mean planning ahead and all those things? Yes, it does. So in grace... It doesn't mean that you don't have a plan, okay? In grace, you can figure those things out. And that goes into our whole other point about these principles. It's really an attitude and a heart issue. And as I said at the beginning, okay, we can go kind of two ways. Sometimes, and this is what Jesus talked about with the Pharisees, they were so proud of what they gave, they wanted everybody to know about it. (laughs) And Jesus is saying, that's not... That's not the way. Okay. So one attitude can be, hey, I want the whole world to see how, so we get the spotlight. Er, that's not it. Okay. So when we give, that's the whole left hand doesn't know what our right hand's doing. Okay. We give to God, and he, kn- he knows what we're doing. The other thing is, we cannot give anything, and nobody would ever know. And we can hide behind that. We think, well, this person over here, they've got a lot of money. That's their thing. I'll do my part over here. Everybody's included in this because it's a heart issue. Okay? And God tests our heart to see where we're at with these things. It proves that God is first, not money or materialism. And here's the bottom line because we've got to keep cruising through these things. Okay? When we give money, our desire okay, and our heart issue should be this. We want it to glorify God. We're actually giving to God. Okay? And we want him to get the glory. Moving right along. We can't say this enough. God is able. Because here's the other truth of it all. God doesn't need our money. I'll say it again. God doesn't need our money. God's a rich God. He can provide in weird and miraculous ways. But we get to be included that God wants to use us to be a channel that he wants to use for us to be able to be part of his purposes and plans, that he gets us caught up in it, that we get to be a part, that we get to play a part. Our little mustard seed counts when we put our trust in God. And it says this, that God is the one who provides for us. And we trust in God, we trust in God, we trust in God, we trust in God. That's all I'll say on that one. A lot of times when you go to write the check, Are we trusting 
in ourselves? Are we trusting in God? Here's some practicalities. I'm just whipping through some of these things. I love this verse from Paul. It says, we take this course so that no one should blame us about the generous gift that is being administered by us, for we aim at what is honorable, not only in the Lord's sight, but also in the sight of man. Okay? That's our heart as well in this church. We want to obviously be honorable with finances before God, but we also want to be honorable in the sight of men. Okay? We want to be honorable in sight of the Canadian Revenue Agency. We want to be honorable for each one of you. And that affects everything we do with our finances. So let's just walk through a few things very practically speaking. Okay? We believe in this local church. Okay? And we believe Scripture tells us. And we can read 1 Corinthians 9. You can go to 1 Timothy 5. And I can give you lots more. Okay? That Scripture instructs us to give to the local church first. That, so where we call home base, okay, where we are plugged into, where we're being fed by the word of God, where we're in community together, where we're sharing in partnership and mission and gospel and making disciples, that's where we give to first. So we believe that's the first fruits. That's bringing all the tithes into the storehouse. Okay, that's bringing everything to the elders. That's our first priority. And after that, then we give to those in need, we give to maybe other Christian groups. We give to all kinds of different things. But first comes to the local church. And we believe as we give to the local church, we will have enough and even beyond resources to do all the things that God wants us to do. I believe that with all my heart. So we're able to help the poor, and we don't have to do, okay, now this is going to be controversial, so I'll just put a little asterisk beside it because... I'm just saying for our church, okay? We're not into fundraisers to fundraise for all kinds of things. If we give like we're supposed to give, we won't need to fundraise. Okay? I'll just say that plain and simple. So we're not into fundraising. Okay? We believe if we give generously to our local church, we'll have enough money to do all the things that God wants us to do. Okay? So we're able to do the things that we're able to do because we have a budget and all of that that allows us to do that. Other practical things, okay? Here in Canada, you get the benefit of giving, okay? That's not why we give, but we're going to ride that wave as long as possible, okay? Because someday it might change, <laughs> and I think it probably will. But for right now, you get the benefit, I get the benefit of giving. So very wisely, okay, if you give here, you can get a tax receipt for that, but we just need to know who you are. So if you're just throwing in some loose change or even $20 bill here and there, great. Why don't you let us know your name so that you can get a tax receipt to go with that? Okay, it's just practical. That's good stewardship. Okay, it's legal. Take advantage of it while you can. All right, but you can need to let us know that. And so we have envelopes, and Gail Pilgrim helps us with that, and our financial team that you can get uh, your address and all those things so we can keep track. You're allowed to do that, okay? So use that, okay? And we're working on, and we'll probably have very soon, um, the whole automatic withdrawal, which is very helpful because as many of you are very honest with me, you forget. You get here on Sunday. You're doing well just to get here by 10 after 10, okay? Let alone, did I just say that? I did, didn't I? <laughs> I'm doing well to get here by 10, okay? And you forget, 
and you go away on vacation, and you get sick, and all of a sudden, weeks go by, okay, and that affects us. Okay, that affects us, just that's the reality of it, okay? And so, as we do with other things in our life, okay, maybe once a month, automatic withdrawal, you know it's there, and it's already worked in, working out those details, okay? Other practical things, it's helpful just a couple times a year to go over these things. Okay? We have our regular giving, which we take up every Sunday, and we have our offerings that go above and beyond that. So a lot of times in life group, guess what? You're doing things in your small groups. You're providing for people, and that doesn't come out of the church budget. That's you being generous amongst yourself. Those are the offerings. Those are above and beyond those things. You might have a sponsor child, World Vision, Compassion Canada, those sorts of things. That comes out of your offerings. For us as a church, we try to give away 10% of all the regular offerings that come in. That's our storehouse fund. So everything that comes in and our regular offering, we as a church give that away, or we try to, 10%. And usually it works out in a year, and you can see our annual report. We have an annual general meeting where all this is explained. We just had it at the end of March. So it's all open books. About 5% of that, or half of that 10%, goes to the work that we're doing with other churches within our family of churches and supporting mission and church plants, things like that. And we try to take the other half of that 10% to bless uh, other, sometimes other churches, other Christian groups, even just other things in our community that we want to be a generous church and we want our heart is to bless. Okay? And you can see all those things each year. And what a wonderful thing to be able to give and to bless other people. And we've done that for different things locally and throughout the world. And... As Kevin has explained many times, we have audits done for our church finances, an independent auditor that goes through so that, again, we are before the eyes of men and the law and government doing everything legally. And we've got a lot of checks and balances for you to be secure and that we're not misusing the money that comes in. Okay, so that's really important. Now, just to bring us up to speed, and we'll close on these last couple of things, we have our 2013 budget. We go from January 1 to December 31st. And a couple times a year usually, or even once a year, we have our gift days, which are special offerings above and beyond our regular giving. Okay? And so far for this year, here we are at the end of April. Okay? Just an update. We're behind some on our 2013 budget. And at the annual meeting, we explained it, how we kept pretty much the budget the same as last year, but we took some things out and we've added some things in so that we didn't increase it. Thankfully, our giving has gone up every year, okay? Every year our giving has gone up. Hallelujah. But here's the reality, okay? We have to take some diagnostic checks sometimes, okay, to look at our giving. And we don't look at your names, okay? So I can say this and say I don't know who gives what. I just look at the numbers, all right? So I don't have names attached to the numbers. But I can say this, and this is just so to be honest and clear before you, okay? The numbers are, for as many as we have connected to our church, so say adults-wise, 200 to 230, okay? We have like a large percentage of that are not giving anything. So that's just no guilt trip, no, that's just saying it like it is, okay? So my desire, I'll share my heart in a second on that one, but you just need to know that. Our gift days for this year, we, so we've given over the years all kinds of different things. Okay, let me just give an update on this. We've been over five years now renting 
here, okay, which you can't, I know, we started March of 2008 renting here, okay, so that's five plus years of our moving team at seven in the morning every Sunday, going to the building in plus 30 weather and minus 30 <laughs> weather, <laughs> and loading everything on, coming here, loading everything off, our worship team's coming early, set everything up, afterwards tear it all down, kids' church, everything, five years, and we had a few snowstorms to give us a break, okay? So we had to cancel a few. Otherwise, through thick and thin, here's we are. It's been a good spot for us. When we first started here, that whole section was roped off, and we had this section over here, and we've doubled people-wise since we've been here. So God's been with us in expanding, okay? So we have some decisions to make coming up, okay? We're looking at, and we have been all the way along, but we've really, since Dave Felly prodding here last October, we've stepped it up a whole thing of pursuing some different properties and buildings and things like that. And this is the update, okay? We as elders, with our wives and everything together, okay, we feel we need to be central here in Fredericton. And so we've narrowed our view by faith to the downtown area. because There's lots of land. Anywhere outside the city, there's lots of land, okay? And we, and we know all about it. <laughs> as I talk to people, like, hey, have you ever considered that? We have considered that. Thank you. And we go through, and we've pretty much, I think, looked under every stone there is to look under. Not that you still can't give your ideas. But we feel we're supposed to be downtown in this down. So we've limited ourselves just to a couple of, of options, okay? We are in discussion with one owner of quite a large property that we've had a couple of meetings now and we're discussing. Ideally, we'd love to be able to rent there first and see if it works and all that, but the rent is probably just going to be too much. So we have to make some decisions about whether we even try to buy that building, okay? And there's zoning things, and so folks, no matter where we go, it's going to be a, a long haul, okay? There's no shortcuts here. And we're praying for God's favor and God's wisdom. But we know this. Whatever way we go, it's going to take money. And I know some of us are hesitant. And do we really need a building and all those things? Those are good debatable things. And we've been five years working through those things. So we've thought about it a lot. But more and more we're feeling we need, we need a, another new home base. And you've got to understand, when we talk about building, okay, it's not for us to look good and all those things. We want to serve the community. So whatever building, we want it to be used seven days a week, ideally. We want it to be a blessing to the community. We want to serve the community. We want to help with the poor. We want to do a lot of things that it's not your traditional church building that only gets used on Sunday. We want it to use all the time. So that's what we're going for. And our gift days this year, okay, for the, today and for next week, we want to pour into our capital fund because ideally... We would love to be able to, and it would be a miracle from God, we would love to have no debt on this building. Okay? That would be the ideal. Now that's going to take us and God working together, and it's going to take some sacrifices. And by God's grace, okay, by God's grace, in our capital fund, as we've been, okay, we've got about 420000 in there, most of that has been given to us miraculously, which we'll save that story for another day. But we'd love to get that up to 500000 because we know that we're going to need big dollars 
here, and we have to get used to these sorts of numbers to be able to do what we feel God has called us to do. Okay? So that's where we're at. And our regular giving, I just want to end with this because our time's gone. I could command you, you must give. If you're a part of this church, who do you think you are not giving to this church? And I could tear a strip off you. Not going to do it. Okay? It's not the right thing to do, and I couldn't do that anyways. All I'm asking is this. This is the biblical thing. Paul says this. Each one must give as he or she has decided in his or her heart. So all I'm asking is this. Would you take some time to seriously pray and meditate on the word of God and at the end of that, you give as not under compulsion, not under guilt, but as you have sought God about it and if God shows you from his word and by the leading of the Holy Spirit what he wants you to give, then I want you to give cheerfully and generously. Okay? And you've got to start somewhere. So, that's all I'm asking. Would you pray and would you do this? Would you give as you've sought God and you've decided in your heart, not because I'm commanding, hear me loud and clear, okay? I'll be honest. If you give out of guilt, we don't want your money, honestly. We'll continue to trust God. We want you to give freely. And some of you don't have any money right now to give, but your heart's willing. Wonderful. We want your heart to be willing. And some of you haven't even thought about it. And I'm asking you to think about it. And would you give, okay, as you seek God and as God reveals that to you? That's what we're asking you to do. And the last thing is this. God works out his character in us, and money is like an anvil that God hammers things out. And God hammers things out in our character and our faith, both as individuals, families, but also as a church. So folks, as we go through this whole thing, we are on the anvil together of God putting in us, trusting him, working out that money is not our God. He's increasing our faith, and he's stirring, and he's going to show us, and we're going to have just hilarious ways. Okay? And I figured this out yesterday, and I'll end on this. In 1999, when we bought the building on 487 Brunswick Street, which has been a great resource for us, okay, there was about, I'd say, 40 of us that we, I would say were consistent givers, give or take some, and we needed to come up with 57000 okay, in three months. Now, 57000 now, that we're 200 and plus, doesn't seem like very much. But you do the math on that, that's like 200 of us coming up in the next three months with $285,000. That's the same percentages. And God provided with 40 of us, and there might have only been 20 or 30 <laughs> of us, and God provided. And we'll save that story for another day. Okay? All I'm saying is we've got to change our, sometimes our mindset and thinking, because it's great to think about the past and how God provided, but we've got to keep looking to the future. Okay? So why don't you join with me? Let's stand together. Okay, our time's gone. I just want to pray into this whole thing of giving and faith and grace and God's wisdom in these things. Okay? 
Why don't you join with me? All right, let's pray. Let's ask a given God, okay, for him to continue to provide for his glory. Father in heaven, we thank you today. We start with you. We start with you, God, that you are God. All things are through you, okay, God, and for you. God, that you are the one who gives and sustains. Lord, you're the heart to bless. You've proven it and demonstrated your love for us in Jesus Christ. And we pray now as your followers, Jesus, individually, as families, corporately, as your church, Jesus, we just pray that you would smash, okay, the idol and Lord of mammon and money and materialism and consumerism. And we pray, Jesus, that you would be Lord in our hearts and that we would trust you, that we would seek first the kingdom of God, knowing that all these other things get added. And God, I thank you, Lord, for this church. Lord, I thank you that it's been a giving church. You, God, have blessed us, Lord, through each one of us giving. And Lord, I pray now, Lord, would you, Lord, take this message, Lord, of grace, Lord, and of faith, Lord, and of joy and being able to give and be thankful. God, would you speak to people, Lord? Would you provide miraculously, Lord? Would you give us wisdom regarding this building, Lord? We want it to be a blessing. We don't want it to be a curse. So, Lord, we pray, Lord, you need to open the doors and shut the doors so that we would know it's you. God, I pray you give us unity and vision and faith in that, God. I pray, Lord, that you would provide miraculously, Lord, Lord, you put money in the bank account that we haven't even asked for or sought for, but you provide it because you know what's coming. And we say again today that we trust you. And so, Lord, we pray, God, as we're thankful for what you've done in the past, God, would you lead us down, God? Would you make us generous people? Lord, may we be a blessing, Lord, to the city of Fredericton, to the province of New Brunswick, to Canada, to the nations, God. And, Lord, would you use us, Lord? May we get in at the ground level to say, God, we want to store up treasures in heaven. So, God, may we be a generous people as we follow you. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.